0: Week 34, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, self-control. Just a heads up, since this is the final fruit of the Spirit, next week we'll begin our next topic, which is the Beatitudes. So we'll be looking at the first Beatitude next week. But today is self-control. It's an interesting fruit of the Spirit. It goes along with every other fruit of the Spirit. The other fruit of the Spirit are things we want to see produced in our lives. We want to see love produced, joy produced. We want to see self-control produced, but the purpose of self-control is more about uh, keeping our sinful desires at bay. It has to do with things we want to be done away with. It has to do with things we want to kill. Self-control is not optional as all. We've we've said this about all of them. The fruit of the Spirit are commanded. Galatians 5.16, walk in the Spirit. Does that mean that we produce this fruit on our own power? No, of course it doesn't. But it does mean we pursue obedience by faith. What is self-control? You can read it on your sheet. Self-control is the ability to not give in to our natural sinful desires and impulses. Literally means to hold back the power of self. It means to restrain self. Self Self-control is the ability to not give in to our natural sinful desires and impulses. But if they're natural sinful desires and natural sinful impulses, how in the world can we not give in to them? By the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way. They have self-control. 1 Peter 2.11 Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh. That That refers to our sinful self. The passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Isn't that a powerful image? You can think of one army waging war against another army. One invading army waging war against a city. You have the sinful passions of the flesh, the natural impulses of the flesh to live for self instead of live for God, to live for sin instead of live for holiness, and they are waging war against our soul. So We are in a war. We are in a spiritual battle as Christians because we have the Holy Spirit. Now, it's much better to be in that battle and to be struggling rather than to be out of that battle and not care at all about what God wants. Self-control is the ability to not give in to our natural sinful desires and impulses. Now I have, I believe, let's see, four. Four encouragements toward self-control. Self-control requires constant fighting and it can only be achieved by God's grace and power. It requires constant fighting and of course it requires faith. Because this depends on God's grace and God's power. Romans 7, verses 18 through 20. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. He does not mean that in an absolute sense that nothing good dwells in him. The Holy Spirit dwells in him. The Holy Spirit is good. And his love for God dwells in him because of the Holy Spirit. That's good. He qualifies it. He says, that is my flesh. Nothing good dwells in me specifically in my flesh. I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Now, if you look at that phrase, desire to do what is right, that's how you know that he's talking about himself as a Christian, as a believer, who has the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, he wouldn't have the desire to do what is right. He has the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Verse 19, I do not, for I do not do, I do not do the good I want but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if you just look at me, and we'll put that in our own words, it'll probably, probably be easier to understand. Are right, Things I want to do, for some reason I'm not able to do them. Things I don't want to do, for some reason I just keep on doing them. Right? You can relate to that. So he's in this battle. He's in this confusing struggle and battle. Verse 20, now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it but sin that dwells within me. He's not saying that it's not his fault. He's not saying that he's not to blame. He's not saying that he's not accountable. He's just saying that there's nothing he can do to get rid of the sinful flesh that's a part of him. He's going to be a sinner till the day he dies, and we will be sinners till the day that we die. That's why self-control is important. It will require constant fighting and can only be achieved by God's grace and power we must be a people of prayer if we're to advance in self-control. The second encouragement, self-control as a key component of spiritual growth requires effort. In other words, self-control will not come in our lives if we don't think about it. It will not come in our lives if we're not trying, if we're not praying. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 5-7. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement, which means add, to supplement... Your faith with virtue. And then virtue with knowledge. And then knowledge with self-control. And then self-control with steadfastness, which means faithfulness. It means sticking to it, not giving up. And then steadfastness with godliness. And then godliness with a brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love. You see several components of spiritual growth here. And right in the middle, one of them is... Self-control, and at the very beginning of this, he says, "Make every effort, make every effort." Basically, he's saying this: to grow in your faith, strive to grow in your faith. So, it will require constant fighting and prayer, because it can only be achieved by God's power and grace, and it will require effort as a component of spiritual growth. Number three. It requires refusing to satisfy your own desires, your own sinful desires. Sometimes you will have a desire. Oftentimes you'll have a a sinful impulse or a sinful desire. Self-control is just refusing to satisfy that desire. And that's difficult. It's difficult to refuse ourselves things that we have a natural impulse to go after. Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Provision is another way of saying food. All right, you're, if you are out camping or lost in the wilderness, what you need is provisions. Food to help you survive. An army needs provisions, rations. And what he's saying here is don't feed the flesh. Don't help the flesh get stronger. Don't help your sinful desires get stronger. Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. If you, if you, it's like a little beast. If you feed it and gratify its desires, it will get stronger and then it will be harder to attain self-control. Self-control does re, re, require... Refusing to satisfy our sinful impulses. It means saying no. Number four, final self control requires ceasing sinful deeds. You can put a circle around deeds by the Spirit's power. If we're only thinking about the internal aspect of this, then we're going to have problems. We're going to have problems because the internal. Our internal spiritual state will not reach perfection in this life, and so if we're waiting for a certain level of perfection or a certain level of maturity before we stop sinful deeds, we'll never stop sinful deeds. Or sometimes, just what we need—sometimes, oftentimes, the self-control will just be cut off the deed. Right? For example, well, let me read the passage, and I'll give you give you an example. Romans 8.13, if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. It's by the Spirit's power that we'll be able to stop sinful deeds, sinful actions, a sinful way of speaking. The example that came to mind that I was about to bring up is one of forgiving others. Sometimes we don't feel like forgiving others when we're so hurt and we're so bothered, Right? But we know in the back of our minds and in, in the bottom of our hearts, we know the right thing to do is to forgive and move on. But my feelings aren't there. My emotions aren't there. But you can perform the deed of saying, I forgive you. And then trust God with the rest. Or asking for forgiveness is, would be the same thing. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we don't have the feelings and the emotions in place where we're ready to say, I was wrong about this, please forgive me. But you can perform the deed of asking for the forgiveness and then trusting the Lord with the rest. Uh, sinful habits. Sometimes we just have to pray for the strength and the discipline to cut off the habit, and then God will take care of the rest. And so the internal is always the primary of spiritual growth. The heart and the mind is always primary And then uh, what's going on in the heart will be manifest in the words and manifest in our actions. But if you're too black and white on that in terms of uh, a chronological order, you can have a real hard time stopping things that you need to stop. Sometimes we just know because what God reveals to us, I need to stop this and trust God with the heart aspect. All right, let's go ahead and pray.